You're listening to The Endless Party with your hosts, Megan Elijah Armstrong. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 51 of The Endless Party. Yep. Today's episode is pretty exciting because we are finally going to share the labor and delivery story of our two twins. So for those of you watching on YouTube, obviously today we have two very special guests. We have our identical twin daughters, B and Winnie, and we hope that they, you know, stay asleep during this episode or else things will get real. Yep. And if not, <laughs> to be honest, like it's all it's, good. That's it's the real reality. Life. Of That's how twins having are. Babies Pretty in much. general and twins in general. So yeah, we might make adjustments if necessary, but hopefully they stay asleep. Perfect. The second thing I wanted to say is if you're watching us on YouTube or on another social media platform, we already have 50 other episodes mm-hmm. of The Endless Party that are on all of our, like, all podcast platforms. So, the, so we they're only just have, the main They're just the main platforms. So we have two filmed. This is our second. But if you want to hear more of our episodes, like, check out our platforms because mm-hmm. they're pretty good. You can also go directly to our website, theendlessparty.com, and that has everything on it as well. Yes. So. Okay. Um, mainly this is going to be about Meg, right? I didn't give birth to these beautiful baby girls. That was all Meg. Um, so she's going to just kind of explain her, really the entire story behind this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I th- it seems to be, to me, that more and more women have traumatic birth experiences. And like, this, at least this was, right? This was for me, for sure. It was sure. pretty crazy. Um, but as soon as she explains like her perspective and everything that she went through, I'm just going to say it from the perspective of a husband and a father, uh, which is very minimal in comparison with the perspective of a mother but it's and a still, wife. I don't know. I think it'll be good for people to hear your perspective because I feel like the father does get overshadowed, you know, within like, and rightfully so. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I feel like, I don't know. I personally, I would rather have gone through the experience than watch you have gone, like watch you go through the experience. You know, like yeah, I feel I like it's kind of harder sure. to be a bystander than to be like in it in the moment. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. That's because sure. I love you so much. You know. Mm-hmm. Love you. Okay, so should we just jump right in? Yeah, go for it. Just okay. Start from the beginning. So I had honestly a pretty great pregnancy considering that it was twins. Yes, we went to the doctor every week, but for 31 weeks, I was pretty solid. I, you know, you were, like, you I, I had the mi- tell that she was pregnant. I had the minor pregnancy discomforts that are super common that everyone experiences. Uh, but for 31 weeks, things were looking really good. And I would say at about 31 weeks, as I was pregnant with our twins, that's when things started to shift. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I think I just, like, I think I started to develop preeclampsia, which I, like, which can come on pretty fast. So I think it's happened in about the course of two weeks, but it, I didn't suffer from preeclampsia till about 31 weeks. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, But I even at 31 weeks, it came on, like, gradually in those two weeks. So I deli- then, but well, and even at that though, like it kind of hits you that last week. So maybe it was like thirty-two weeks pregnancy was. Well, I guess one thing you guys should know is these babies were going to be born. Thirty-four. Early, regardless, just because of all the monitoring and everything that's been going on, and so 
at the high risk pregnancy they were going to be born early and then this happened and then it was like they were guaranteed to be born early yes so so with the twin pregnancy it's just you should just expect them to come early like elijah said so that was our expectation but they were born at 33 weeks in two days and that was not mm-hmm. what we had expected that was earlier than expected yeah and the reason why they came early is like i was trying like i was explaining the last two weeks of my pregnancy were pretty rough I started to swell. I wasn't sleeping well because I was like, I literally had to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes and that's not an like exaggeration. It was like every 20 minutes. The reason being is I started to develop preeclampsia and what that is, it's a blood pressure sickness. Mm -hmm. So my placenta just started to not get enough blood or they don't really know what happens to the placenta, but something happened to the placenta that our twins were sharing and it you know, spiked my blood pressure and made me really sick. And the side effects of preeclampsia are, you know, one, that high blood pressure, and then that just causes issues in the body. So because of my high blood pressure, my kidneys stopped processing protein. And Mm -hmm. so I was losing a lot of protein in my urine, and that's why I was going to the bathroom about every 20 minutes. Another side effect is I had really low platelets. So I, I wasn't like my blood wasn't clotting as well. And I was getting bruises like from really minor things all over my body. And another thing that happened is I was having vision changes. So I would see stars pretty often. And then on top of all of that, I started to swell. Mm-hmm. And that was really noticeable in my face and my like my hands and my feet. And so I was really achy everywhere because my blood vessels were just leaking fluid because of my high blood pressure. So anyways, this all came on pretty suddenly. Mm. And I think because I was already pregnant, I don't think I realized how sick I was because I was already uncomfortable. So when it like when it gradually came on, I knew something was wrong, but I don't think Elijah and I realized the extent of, like, how severe it was. Right. And also, like, my blood pressure during pregnancy was a solid 120 over 80, like I said, for 32 weeks. I was really, really healthy, and I'm also a person who I've had, I've been pretty blessed with pretty good health all my life. So I didn't really know to expect, you know, you know, the sickness. So anyways, all that to be said, we go into our doctor and they take my blood pressure it's high they run my labs my you know my platelets are low and there's signs that my kidneys aren't functioning properly and they're asking me about my vision and I've like quite obviously gained about 10 pounds of swelling in about a week probably Mm -hmm. and they look at me and they're like you know we think you're you need to deliver your babies now well is it actually interesting is like all the nurses were like, you need to get these babies Yes, out. it was the nurses. And the doctors were like, you want to keep pushing this? Like, do you want to just, like, not deliver these kids yet? <laughs> oh, that is true. I forgot that happened. The nurses were like, you need to deliver. Yeah. And, and the, doctors the doctors were like, like we should, was, we should push for the steroid. To, yeah. So the last thing to develop on babies is their lungs, right? And because they're premature, their lungs wouldn't have been fully developed. So they give you a steroid injection to help the baby's lungs form at a rapid rate. Right. And so they gave her the first set of injections and then they wanted to give her the second set of injections 24 hours later. And if you let it sit for oh, 48 hours, it gets the full benefits, it gets the to, full the benefits to the baby's lungs. And so they definitely pushed for that. But then finally, before even the 34 week dot. Yes. The, that's when finally the doctors were like, you don't look good. Your levels are you bad. You have preeclampsia. 
and it's only going to get worse. So do you want to deliver these babies? And this was on a Friday. Oh, you're right. I kind of skipped a part of the story. I'm glad that's, you that's added okay. that. That's okay. And so then we finally get in there at 9 a.m. roughly to yeah. do a non-stress test where they just monitor the baby's heart rates and Meg's contractions. And that's when they're like, yo, let's deliver these kids. And the reason being, my blood pressure at that point was 175 over 105. Yeah. So at that point, I had a volatile blood pressure. And the and reason... Like, not to be mean to my wife. She was like... I was looking bad. She was big. Like, like, and I'm not saying big as in like she was just a big girl. Like, she was I was so, so swollen. swollen. She looked like the girl on Willy Wonka. I, I really except did. Except she wasn't blue, but she was... I was like a normal... Like, <laughs> ballooned up. Like, it was... So scary. And what was crazy about it, right, is that she's such a petite woman that any nurse that hadn't seen her prior to the preeclampsia yes. was like, oh, you're not even that swollen. You look okay. You look fine. And it was like, no, she is very, very swollen. And finally, we had a couple nurses that had seen her previously and was like, oh, my gosh, you're swollen. And, like, you need to get these babies out of here. Because you do not look good. Yeah. Like, this is, like, jeopardizing your health. Right. So... And it so Elijah and I went into the hospital expecting just to run tests and go home. So I wasn't even prepared to really to deliver that day. And in fact, we went into the hospital. And I was like, I feel great. Today's a good like day. I got three hours night. of solid sleep. Like this is going really well. Yeah. Um, that was just because the steroid I got for the baby's lungs kind of like gave me a masked little extra. Yeah, kind of masked the problem. So we get in there. My blood pressure reads 175 over 105. They immediately give me an IV and put medicine like blood pressure mm-hmm. medication because the the severe risk of pre if you let it continue you're at risk of seizing you have horrible seizures they can damage your brain and the only way to cure the preeclampsia and to to not seize is to deliver the baby you have to deliver so -hmm. at this point our doctor weighed the options he was like you can continue to have preeclampsia and it's only going to get worse from here you're not going to get better Mm -hmm. or you can deliver these babies and at this point their prematurity out like the risk of prematurity and them like it was very minimal it was minimal in comparison with like the risk of me getting really sick from the preeclampsia mm-hmm. because i was already sick my body was showing signs yeah so anyways it's 9 a.m on a friday and he's like so are we going to deliver these babies today and you know we're like yes we're like yes i would like to be alive to you know experience my children i would like because the other thing too is preeclampsia can start to affect the babies it can make them sick as well mm-hmm. So it was just time to get him out. My family lives in Arizona. We do not live in Arizona. And so we called them and they flew. They had they got flights immediately, immediately that day. Started so they had to, to travel. drive to Phoenix and then they had to fly from Phoenix to Salt Lake. Right. And then, and then drive. Salt Lake to Pocatello. And so pretty crazy. Yeah. And they were there by 11 p.m. 11 p.m. So I get admitted into the hospital. We just go from like the monitoring straight into a labor room and they immediately just start me on magnesium. magnesium. So a magnesium drip, what it does is it helps to like monitor and keep your blood pressure at bay. Mm -hmm. So they put me on a magnesium drip just to make sure that I wouldn't have seizures and that my preeclampsia would be just kind of... Uh, just like just masked. yeah it's just, just masked. They, your blood pressure goes lower so you don't go septic and have seizures pretty much so they put me on a magnesium drip 
little did I know that makes you feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I also realized how awful that was just because I had a lot of like, I don't know, just emotion and like I was so excited our babies were being born, but I was also so anxious because they were being born early and I was sick. And so I feel like my emotions and hormones kind of masked the magnesium and the preeclampsia, mm-hmm. but I'm just not feeling well. Yeah. But I didn't, I don't think I, I really didn't realize how awful I felt until I had delivered the babies. Right. And as soon as the placenta was out and I was off of the magnesium, I was like, I feel so much better. There's like a fog from out of my eyes and I just feel normal. Anyways, so I, so they put me on magnesium and I'm on that and then at, it was like evening-ish when they put me on Pitocin to start my contractions, mm-hmm. right? So they put me on Pitocin, I want to say at like 6 or 7, don't you think? Yeah. 6 or 7, I go on and Pitocin. They your water. They break the my water. Baby. Feel the first baby's head. And then at 8 or 9, I get an epidural. Mm-hmm. So I get the epidural. Our doctor... Our doctor recommended it just in case I needed a C-section, but our plan going into this birth was also that to just do it naturally. I wanted to like give birth naturally. Doctor also told us that the babies would be born vaginally, so long as the first baby is in position, and it was. Yeah, the first baby was in position since week twelve. Yeah. And so we were like, sweet, like we're Perfect. ready to go. I'm like, ready to go. I had complete trust in my body. Mm-hmm. I had complete trust in our decision. So I am in labor for until about 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. And at 1 a.m. I hit back. a 10. And Elijah and I go back to the operating room to deliver these babies naturally. And I remember I was just so scared. <laughs> and I was so nervous. And there was a couple of reasons why I was so nervous because I had never, I had never not had my health before. And so that was really strange for me to not be healthy. And another thing I was really nervous for is I knew our babies were premature. And that was like really hard for me to just think about because, you know, any mom wants, you want to deliver a baby full term Mm -hmm. and you want them. Of course. But we knew they were premature and we knew because of that they would for sure be in the NICU and that they were just going to have a harder start to this life because of their prematurity. And so that was really scary. And also the epidural was kind of freaky for me too because I wasn't in control. I was numb and it was hard for me to not be able to move and feel my body. So anyways, all this to be said, we go into the operating room. It's 1 a.m. I haven't slept in a week because of the preeclampsia. I'm sick, I'm on magnesium, and now it's time to push. And I know that our babies are gonna be premature. So I push from 1 a.m. to 3 Mm a.m. And I push hard. And I think actually I'd like you to just talk about this part because for me, this was the only part of my entire labor and birth that I remember being coherent and being able to like really think through pushing and being able to like do all that I could to try to like give birth to our babies. Mm -hmm. So, so the operating room for one thing is very, very bright. It's like bright as day in there. It's so bright and it's freezing and you don't see anybody's faces. All you see is their eyes because everybody's gowned up. Even I'm gowned up. Right. So that's just to put it in perspective. It's almost like this 
eerie place, yet it's really, really bright. It's like quiet it's, and it's bright kinda, and it's cold. It's like it's odd, right? It's just. But an there's odd place no to warmth be. in it. That's how I describe. It. There's like no warmth. Yeah. Because there's like no human connection. Nothing. There's there's like it's the lights. Bu- it's all the, business. It's right? all white, and the, like the lights are like too bright. It's mm-hmm. not like a warm, cozy bright. It's like. It makes sense. You're in an I mean, operating yes. room. Like it has I, to be that way. It does have to be that way. Um. So, anyways, we go through this experience, and she's on the table, and she's pushing hard, really, really hard, and so hard that her hand print is like etched into her thighs because she kind of pulled her legs up, and so it is like on her hamstrings, just black and blue of handprints, and it was insane. And so she pushes for a good two hours, but this ba- the babies won't come at all. And the doctor actually kind of gets this look of, not fear in his eyes, but like concern. And he tells us that our baby is posterior, which just means that she's basically trying to put a t-shirt on face first instead of head first, right? Like her chin is up and like stuck. And so she's stuck. And so there's three... Three pound, four ounce baby is stuck, and no matter how hard Meg pushed, it would like this baby wouldn't come. And the second baby acted as a vacuum, so anytime Meg would push, it kind of suck it back in. Now, because they were born premature, it's not recommended that they use vacuum or forcep on a baby that's before 34 weeks, and we are exactly right before the 34 week window because you can damage their small little brains and their small heads. And so the doctor tells us, hey, this baby's not coming. I can't use a vacuum or forcep because of this, how small they are. I recommend doing a C-section, right? And so all of a sudden, Meg's like, hey, I really tried. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm I, saw, really I sorry, thought I could Elijah. do this. And I'm like, dude, like, what? Why are you apologizing? Like, I saw you. I've, I've been here this whole time. I know that not only have you tried, but you succeeded in doing this. For whatever reason... The first baby wasn't meant to come this way, and you have to experience this maybe just to share it with somebody out there that's had a, a rough time or that may have a rough time and realize that you'll get through it and be okay. And so quick as a flash, we had to make the decision to have a C-section, and what's crazy is that it was an emergency C-section not only because the first baby wouldn't come, but also because the first baby's heart rate started to drop. And as soon as that happened, that's when the doctor's like, okay, like, let's do this. And I remember just, like, looking at Elijah, and I just was like, I failed. Yeah, I, like, like, I failed as a woman. I, like, I couldn't could, give birth. I couldn't give which birth. is absolutely beyond. It, of course it wasn't true, yeah, but in the moment I was like, are you serious? Like, because right. there was no doubt well, in my mind. What's sad is that all this hard work for the seven months that she's been pregnant seemed to just be like, for nothing pretty much it felt like i had failed and it also kind of felt like our doctors in the moment had set us up to fail because we delivered in the operating room and because they opted for c-section like so quickly right and that was like really hard for me yeah and i I remember looking at you in like the operating room and being like what the heck like are we really doing this is this really happening like i really thought i could like give birth Mm -hmm. and so that expectation just like was completely shattered pretty much and then i just remember i like i just was so exhausted from being sick being on magnesium pushing for two hours that i remember like i just felt like so defeated and at that point i just kind of kind of laid my head back and just i don't know i just let it happen i just had to let it happen and that was so hard for me so the anesthesiologist comes in numbs her from the chest up or chest down excuse me and then 
they just go at it. And I'm just, I really don't, I don't remember all of this because I just was so exhausted mm-hmm. and just sick. And so I think Elijah can explain this part better just because all I remember is that at one point I did not feel good and she I started to dry heave. I started to dry heave off the table. I've never felt that sick in my life. It was actually crazy because when she started to dry heave, so the rest of her body's numb, but she lurched to the left to try to barf in a barf bag. And because of that, they were taking a scalpel to her stomach, but her whole body moved almost off the table as they were about to cut her open for the C-section. So I was like, oh my gosh, like we need to like chill out. <laughs> Luckily, the anesthesiologist was great and like hooked her up with all the medication so she no longer was nauseated. But then she had the pregnancy shakes from obviously all this traumatic experience brought upon. And then he just uncovered her in warm blankets. And then, so they basically just put a sheet over on her chest and half of it's clear, but she can't see what's going on. Um, But I can see everything. And I'm not a squeamish person. So the anesthesiologist thought I was and was like, bro, you need to sit down. Like, you going to pass out? I was not going to pass out. I was okay. But I definitely did have to have to dissociate my wife from the operation. And as awful as that sounds, because I didn't want to like think about her going through that. But it was crazy. And they're not like gentle during the C-section with the mother or with the baby. It's like it's all business. And it's a good thing. Like that's kind of needed. That's how you can do it quick and actually cause less pain that way. You know, it's kind of like rip it off fast like a Band-Aid. So anyways, I'm watching this entire operation. Oh, you're okay. Sorry about that. Um, so we're watching this entire operation. So she, she's traumatized by it still, clearly. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell this is... <laughs> this so, is a hard thing for her. <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm just thinking to myself, like, what have I let my family just go through? Like, my wife just got literally wrecked, cut open, and then my babies got ripped out of her. And so it was just this horrible thing that I had to watch. And all of a sudden, like, our first baby comes out, and it's nothing like we anticipated or no. expected because they're just purple and black and, and scary. And I didn't even get to see my first, the first baby. They, they just, just whisker through, through a window because they need immediate medical attention because they're three pounds, four ounces. Yes. Yeah. And they barely see the second baby. It's just a glimpse. And then she, it also gets through the window. So, so I don't even see my babies. But I'm so out of it at this point. I can't really. Like I think about. I remember. I think I said. Oh there's my baby. Or something like that. Yeah. And then I just like. Kind of just. Black like, out. Pretty much. And then honestly. Like from the rest on. It was quick as a flash. They suck up all the blood. Which was over a liter of blood. I don't even remember hearing the vacuum of them doing it. Did yeah. they turn a vacuum on? Yeah, and then I'm like so out of it at this point. Then they stitch her up and whisk her back to the room, like, and that was. I it. don't even remember the going from the operating room to my room. Mm-hmm. I like I was so. Oh, I'm kind of glad at that point though. Like that makes a lot of sense. I was so you know, out of we it. We had a lot going on, so we get whisked back to the room. Her parents and her younger sister. I think at this point it's like 5 a.m., isn't it? Yeah. They were just lovely, and they just went home back to our house and just slept for a good four to five hours or and so. And at this point, I'm on, like, really heavy uh, pain medication, so I'm feeling really good, but I'm just not feeling like myself. So I'm just, like, not even thinking straight. I'm just kind of, like, 
<laughs> kind of loopy. <laughs> kind of loopy, laying on the bed, just Luckily, whatever. That's a good thing, though. She was I able think to it sleep was a, good a little thing. bit and whatnot. Um, and then we kind of just start sleeping, and then we start to have like flashbacks. Like she wakes up in a cold sweat at like 10. And she's, like, just yelling for me, like, Elijah. And I was like, dude, it's okay. Like, I'm here. I'm exhausted because I've been up for All over night. 24 hours at Plus, this point. you were up with me through preeclampsia. So we went into this. We went into Not birth well exhausted. Not well-rested, like, ready to go. And then we pulled an all-nighter <laughs> with, so, like, physical exertion. And then, like, quite frankly, the nurses were awful. We were right outside they were of the really, nursing station. They were not very they were nice. loud and obnoxious. They were, like, yelling and laughing and hooting and hollering. And I was, like, trying to sleep because I just had, you know, I had gone through full labor yeah. and then a C-section. Yeah. So it was pretty awful, that, that experience. <laughs> and then, actually, it was that night that we stayed in the hospital again. And she finally got to the... Postpartum, postpartum side. side and that side was great um and that's when actually like i like lost it right it's like all of a sudden i'm laying in the bed with my wife and i'm like oh my gosh like meg i'm so sorry like what have we like, i don't know what, what happened to you and our babies and like on top of that like our babies aren't even with us right they're just getting operated on in the NICU and then Meg is through recovery and I have to help her in and out of bed because she just got cut open so I can't move well and that's like weird for us too because I'm like a very independent person I like could not sit up or lean back at all yeah. I like needed help to like and so sit. honestly like it, I wasn't mad per se at like God or anything because I would never blame God, but I was just mad and sad and like all the negative emotions, really. And so it wasn't until we finally went home the next day, and surprisingly, the doctor was just like, "Can I add? Can yeah, I add one thing add before one you? Yeah, go before for you it. keep going, I want to say too, we did visit our babies. So oh, yes, of I wanted to say that. So I find my my pain medication wore off at about noon, and the babies were born at three a.m. And so at noon, I finally was like, where are my babies? What, like, what is going on? Why am I not with my babies? Anyway, so they wheel me into the NICU and I'm able to like see and touch our babies. And I think that was an interesting experience too, because our little babies were hooked up to all the things. All the things and it just like, it was hard to associate that they were our kids because I did miss out, miss out on that like initial bonding with them mm -hmm. and of course we were able to bond with them later but it was kind of hard to be like I don't know it was just so surreal to be like these are our babies and they were all tubed up and they were tiny and they were honestly quite like kind of scary looking you know yeah a little bit for sure anyway so that did happen while we we're at the hospital but yeah like you were saying we finally were able to go home that next morning mm -hmm. and I just looked at the doctor and he's like so you can stay here so we got checked in on a Friday you and can he, stay here till, till Tuesday, Tuesday and I was like can I go and this is Sunday morning I'm like can I go home because we live super close to the hospital and I knew I would be able to heal at home better well, than come back to the NICU every day anyways to right? see our babies see kids, so. so I was like can I go home <laughs> and, and he was like, like yeah. yes and I was like okay great so, <laughs> so, then we go home. so we went home and that's when we actually had like a come to jesus moment pretty like, much we had to like figure it out and like why she had to experience this and why she had to go through this 
But that's actually what I wanted to really include in this labor and delivery. I did too. I'm glad we're, we're thinking actually, this. What was the reason for all of this? And instead of looking at it as a doom and gloom perspective and having resentment towards the doctors or the nurses or the medical field or even or, God or even God right like there's a reason for this and so no matter what you experience or what you go through no matter how hard it is no matter how rough it is there's a greater reason for it and sometimes that reason is just so that you can help other people when they have to go through something very difficult tragic or hard Absolutely. I kind of wanted to share. So in this recovery process, going home without our babies after kind of the trauma of the hospital, Elijah and I had to say a lot of prayers to just work through the trauma. Mm. I was so traumatized that every night when it got dark, I would like shake and laying on my back would kind of trigger like the emotion of surgery and just the anxiety I felt in the operating room. Mm -hmm. And it was so strong. Like I've never felt that like dark in my whole life. And also our babies weren't here. So that was a whole nother emotion. Like I didn't have my babies. I had just been operated on and nothing went according to like plan. And so it was really hard for Elijah and I to like wrap our heads around because we were like, we're good people. We're trying to have a family. We're trying to do something Mm -hmm. good. And this did not go at all at all the way we wanted it to go and so i remember him and i were laying in bed one night and we were just praying and it was after that prayer that it was so it was so miraculous because the only explanation like looking back on this experience is that it was quite obvious that christ came and took took that away from all us. Of it. Yeah. He took away all that all sadness. He took away all of that pain. And some and a situation that seems so awful became so beautiful almost. Mm-hmm. And it and I could see how going through that experience only made me a stronger person and only made me a better like wife, mother and woman. Yeah. And the only explanation really is Christ. And even well, I looking back to say one thing too is like in no way, shape, or form am I saying what you experienced is even close to that which the Savior had to endure or comprehend, right? But in a very real sense, now you understand just how difficult it was for Heavenly Father to allow His Son to go through something so tragic, so difficult. And also you understand how much love Heavenly Father has for each of his kids. Absolutely. You know, because all of a sudden I looked at my wife and she was willing to just be slashed open for her two little girls that she hadn't even met yet, right? And so all of a sudden she's, I mean, this is what's crazy too, is back to the understanding of the Savior is, you know, you can recognize the scars on his hands and oh, his Oh, I wanted to say that actually. And his side, right? And then Meg has this small scar, but it's not something that... It's not negative. It's not a flaw. No, and I wanted to actually talk about that. I was so nervous about... This is getting pretty long, so (laughs) bear with us. I was was so nervous about having, like, this scar on my body. 
you know, permanent and forever, but it's like so beautiful because now when I look at it, I don't think about the scar and I don't even think about the C-section. I don't even think about all of that like trauma. All I think about is like the blessing of having two babies and yeah, how without a doubt, hands down, I would do that all over again to make sure that they're here and to make sure that they're mine. And I think, I don't know. And then in, like Elijah was saying, and in that moment, it was actually my brother who helped me realize it. He was talking about the Savior's scars on his hands. And it, I, I realized when Christ looks at the scars on his hands, he doesn't think about what he went through. All he thinks about is his love for us and how he would do it again, mm -hmm. just to make sure that we can one day be back with him. And just like I would do this all again, to make sure that my babies are with me. And, no, and I nothing that I went through is even in a fraction in comparison with what our Savior went through for us. But like Elijah was saying, the love that we recognize that God had for us through this experience and the love that we realize that God has for each of his children, we finally kind of understood a portion of it because of the love we have for our babies. Absolutely. And quite frankly, I think that's where we leave it. You know, what a beautiful way to end this tragic, actually, story, you know, because it was a, a rough experience. And for any of you that actually have those experiences, you know, mothers and fathers alike and everybody few and far between, like, let us know what your experiences were like and how you found solace and peace, you know, whether that's through the Savior and God or whether that was in some other way, shape or form. Like, we would love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. And our next episode is going to be all about postpartum in the NICU. Yep. And we're going to share a little bit more about our experience. So thank you for tuning in today. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, go check out our other episodes on theendlessparty.com. Subscribe, like, leave some comments, and we'd love to hear from you guys. All right. Bye, guys. All right. See ya. You've been listening to The Endless Party. Please feel free to join us over at our website, theendlessparty.com, for more of our content. Also, we would love to hear from you. Leave some comments and let us know what you're interested in us talking about. Seriously, like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, whatever it is the platform says to do so that we can keep partying together.